to our listening audience at station KKVV. Thank you for tuning in with us at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We pray that our service today will be a tremendous blessing to you and your family. We are located at 1720 North J Street. Our contact number is 702-647-2620. 27. Our website is www.abundantlifelv.org. We are pastored by Russell Lee Wars. Our associate pastor is Johnny Holliday, and our first elder is Clarence Brown. Now this morning, Pastor Lee Wars will be speaking to us on a topic entitled Brave the Crave. Brave the crave. As we prepare ourselves to receive the word of God, let us pray that we are guided by the teachings of God's word and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. After the following selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Pastor Russell Lee Wars. Heal ye him. 
drugs are taking them away. People are crying all around. A solution must be found. Games are destroying all our schools. No more interest in the gold. Tell me how long will this last? Yes, there is hope. Lord, there is hope. There is hope for all. There is hope. And as long as Jesus is alive. Yes, Amen, church. Amen. The product of the Abundant Life Christian Academy. Amen. And if you like what the Abundant Life Christian Academy is doing, come on and say amen. amen. And if you like what the principal and staff is doing, come on and say amen. 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 That's the result. These are the results of your sacrifice. And we thank God for the school, amen? amen? And they'll be doing some local touring, I get to understand. Amen. They'll be going among the Camino Cristo, and they'll be visiting some of the other valley churches to share the word of God and express themselves and show what God has blessed them with. God is good, amen. amen? Before I launch into the business here, I, I like to keep my promises. And we should keep our promises, amen? amen. <laughs> you say that like you don't mean it. So Sister Connie Lopez, please stand. This is the second reading. She is transferring from her church in Arizona to the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so, amen. 
So is there a motion that we accept her as a full-fledged member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here at Abundant Life? Is there a second to that motion? Any question? Of course not. All those in favor say aye. aye. Any opposed, nay, don't say. All right. It is carried. Thank you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I also want to remind our elders that we have a very important meeting tomorrow at 9 o'clock. I know it's in the bulletin, but I want to make sure I publicly state that you have a elders meeting tomorrow and a board meeting. Uh, should I tell you why it's so important? All our meetings are important. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow is especially important because the president of the conference will be there. And so you do not want to miss this one. Thank you so much. Shall we pray? Father, right now, amidst the varied blessings that we have been receiving thus far, we ask, O oh God, that you may come by now and manifest yourself in a more profound way. O oh, Father, take our hearts and our minds far away. Father, touch my lips. Anoint me, O oh God, so that the words I speak may be from you. And at the end of the day, O oh God, you may be glorified and you may be lifted on high. Thank you for the blessing already. For I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We've been asking God to disturb us in this month. Disturb us in such a way that we may break up our fallow ground. And he has been doing just that. Uh, we want him to disturb us from our average ways, our common ways. And I've been disturbed myself. I've been praying more and asking God to pour out his spirit upon me. And I want to thank you for praying for me. This week was a trying one for me. And I need your prayers even now. I think that stomach flu is going around. And those of you who have it know what I'm going through right now. And so I've been on a few things, including charcoal. <laughs> so uh, we'll see if the charcoal hold up. Amen. So keep me in prayer as I seek to dive into this thing. And pray also for sometimes as we speak and preach, the words may come out a little way. So if I step on your toes, just say, help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> if I come off a little bit too strong, just pray for the preacher. For I love you. Today, we read from Revelation, the book of of Revelation, what did I say? 
And you brought your Bibles, did you? Let me see your Bibles. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Awesome. And if you have it on your phone, you can break it out too. You version. Revelation 14. And I want to thank Elder Fluentes for teaching us a little French as well. I'm so glad that Abundant Life is a very diverse church and loves diversity. And that's represented in your leadership team and in your church, in our family. Then a third angel, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of the beast. I preached that sermon two weeks or so ago on the mark of the beast. And we learned the difference between God's mark and the mark of Satan. Ten years ago, Whitney Houston, in a shockingly direct interview, disclosed the chronic nature of her struggles when she said, quote, it has been alcohol, marijuana, pills, cocaine at times. Then she said something that would stay with me for a very, very long time. She said, nobody, quote, makes me do anything I don't want to do. It's my decision. The biggest devil is me. I am my best friend and my worst enemy, end quote. Fast forward to 2012, and it seems that Whitney has predicted the circumstances of her own death as seen in the coroner's inquest. Thank you. It is hard to explain our appetite for destruction especially since the planet's first couple, Adam and Eve, in the garden, had no taint of sin or crave or penchant or desire for destruction. They were perfect when they came from the hands of God. Yet Adam and Eve devoured a fruit from the forbidden tree 
and they weren't even hungry. For they had every other fruit tree in the garden to partake of. They exchanged their freedom for captivity, Jezreel. They exchanged intimacy for rivalry. They exchanged accord for discord, life for death, joy for sorrow. We all have something driving us. What's driving you today? Do you know why you do what you do when you do what you do? Uh, it's true we may not have all the answers today. But we know for certainty that we are involved in a great controversy. A battle for our minds. A spiritual battle about who receives worship of the world. And I want you to know that there are no innocent bystanders. There are no spectators in the struggle. This battle of all battles and the great controversy boils down to God's seal versus the mark of the beast. Revelation 13, 16 to 17, go there. Revelation 13, the 13th chapter, verse 16 to 17. And the Bible says, and he causeth a few. He causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a what? In their right hand or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save he have the mm -hmm, or the name of the or the number of his uh -huh. the saved have God's seal in their minds the unsaved have the mark of the beast because they didn't surrender their minds to Christ. Bad habits may lead to horrors, but God offers everlasting hope. All these blessings come from God. In this war, there's no need for weapons of mass destruction. No bombs. The War and battle is over the mind, and every day we are making decisions, decisions, and decisions. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. This is God's will. For our lives. I wish above all things, just as it is important to God that we grow spiritually, become strong spiritually, the Bible says God wants His people to be physically well and to prosper. Hence, the subject today brave the crave. 
We all have cravings, don't we? Look around you, and you'll see that faith, faith improves the total quality of life. People of faith look younger. <laughs> they look younger than other people their age. They usually have less heart disease. Generally, God's people are happier people. They live longer. <laughs> when God offers you the privilege of being his child, he takes you to another level. He brings you in a more fulfilled state of mind. Oh, God's people suffer too. They get sick. But I'm talking generally. The statistics show Christians who have been committed all their lives got along better and lived a lot longer than those who weren't Christians. 1 Chronicles 3, 16 to 18. Take it down. 1 Chronicles 16 to 18 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive you. Deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. This is saying that you're God's temple, and when you allow him to come into your life, the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The Bible says, if any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God also destroy. God says, you who are Christians are the temple of God. And he wants to dwell in you. And let me tell you something. If he is not dwelling in you, someone else will. And that's why we leave the paganistic practices, you see, of putting extra holes in our bodies to hang stuff or turn our bodies into coloring books through electric needles and dyes. And just in case you didn't get it, Paul wants to ensure you got it. So he drives it home in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20. Look in your own Bible. Don't just take my word for it. Look in your neighbor's Bible if you don't have one. Paul says, what? Paul starts off with a question like he's surprised. What? You, you don't know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Paul starts off with a question, what? Because don't you know that your body is the temple? 
He seems to be saying, uh, you should have known this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You don't even belong to yourselves. You'd been bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus. He redeemed us. So he's got a right to come and live within us. When we submit ourselves to him, I tell you what, I tell you what. You don't submit and somebody wants you to submit, I can tell you this. That's why people like Coney can kidnap and rape little girls. And kidnap thousands of little boys. And give them weapons. And have them kill their own mothers and fathers in his presence. I want you to know if God is not dwelling in you. Someone else is going to dwell in you. Some of us don't even have a conscience. But the Lord wants to dwell in us and he says, if you destroy my body, I will destroy you. God wants you to prosper. Don't you know this? Psalm 105 verse 37 says, he brought them forth from the wilderness also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble among them. Even in the wilderness, God took care of his people. The ones who surrendered made it through. <laughs> the ones who disobeyed and clamored for the flesh pots of Egypt had the diseases of the Egyptians and were destroyed. They made their graves in the desert. And notice they were not destroyed by the Egyptian army. Not by lack of food and water. Not by the hot and dry desert, but they were destroyed by their appetite. The author in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, page 491-92 says, The controlling power of appetite, what did I say? Will prove the ruin of thousands. When if they had conquered on this point, they would have had moral power to gain the victory over every other temptation of Satan. But those who are slaves to appetite will fail in perfecting Christian character. We've got to give over our will to God. Christians should have nothing to do with mind-altering drugs. When you're high, you can't talk straight, you can't think straight, and you can't walk straight. Legal mind-altering drugs should be left out the game. Now, there's some legal stuff out there that will mess you up. Being legal doesn't make it right for consumption. Smoking is legal. But it's also a dangerous and expensive habit. Shaves off 11 minutes of your life. Every time you take a... 11 minutes, poof, gone. One out of every five deaths is related to smoking. Smoking. 
The mic is not working. I don't think they heard that. One out of five. Look around you. One out of five of every death is related to smoking. That's an epidemic. People are bowing down to Joe Camel. Smokers are some of the most selfish people in the world I know. You know why? They rather kill themselves than share themselves with those who with those who love them. And yet we try to justify it, you know. <laughs> Even here in town, we can't make enough money cuz people will stay away. Some even say it doesn't matter. Just don't go to excess. Don't go overboard. And so cigarettes are even being used by third graders. And some people are saying, but why do your youth go to such extremes? I'll tell you why. They go there because of pressure. They go there because of their parents setting the wrong example. They go there because of the unrated media they digest. They go there because of the sick and salacious music they are consuming. Satan's got a plan for us. He's got a program. And he wants all of us to be addicted to nicotine, methamphetamines. And he wants us to be addicted to caffeine. I want you to know that we've got a savior today who can deliver you. He understands and is ready to help you break the chains of destruction. He's ready to break the chains of addiction, oppression, and even depression today. But still some people say they can't give it up. They don't want to give it up. And here's the kicker. On every pack, on every billboard... <laughs> Uh, the tobacco manufacturers are required by law to print a warning. More than 1,200 people a day are killed by cigarettes in the United States alone. And not to mention those of us around here who are breathing in the filth. And they make you, you know, they're like, what's up with you? They upset, like, we all free to do what we want. So you're free to kill me? <laughs> Almost half a million deaths in the U.S. alone because of smoking. But let me tell you, church, you're not doing God a favor by quitting. God wants you to prosper and to be in good health. I've seen tainted dog food in this country and cat food get recalled. I've never seen cigarettes get recalled. <laughs> Dumb animals are protected, but humans with intellect and common sense still are huffing and a puffing. God says, it's my body, destroy it and I will destroy you. Here's another legal drug. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wind this up as fast as I can. Yes. Here's another legal drug. 
that damages the frontal lobe. Headquarters where you get to reason, you know. So, so you're drinking that thing. <coughs> and you start walking and a hipping and a sliding. Whether you're a moderate or a social or a buzz drinker, you're still altering your mind. Alcoholism is a disease. One in six Americans has a booze problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you won't be indifferent until one of your family members meets in an accident and it's okay. And you find out that it was because of driving under the influence. Look at your child. Look at your daughter. Look at your sister. Look at your father. Look at your mother. Hmm? And you're still asking me what's wrong with a little drink? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. <laughs> Let me give you some stats here. It's responsible for half of all violent deaths involving teens. What's wrong with it? It's responsible for a third of all suicides. What's wrong with it? It's responsible for 40% of the state prisoners over there. What's wrong with it? There's a lot going wrong for it. So I ask the question, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? When they come for you. No wonder Solomon says in Proverbs 20 verse 1, Wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Isaiah 5, 11 backs that up. He says, woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may fall a strong drink. That continue until night till wine inflame them. And Judges 13, 4 says, Now therefore beware. Beware. I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. Well, I'm going in the kitchen now. <laughs> ah, I'm going in the kitchen now. If you ever want to have a little drink, you know what I recommend? Give them my recommendation. Sometimes you get a little stressed out, you know what I mean? You need something strong. The king of beers, ginger beer. Want a little beer? Get some ginger beer. You want something stronger? I will go with the stuff that Jesus made. And my favorite brand is Welch's. Get the grape juice and chill it real good. That's the one Jesus endorsed personally. Get your Welch on. Get your Welch on, kick back, relax, and sip. You will leave feeling brighter. Your heart will be in check. And you feel great in Jesus knowing that you never, ever have a hangover. But I'm back in the kitchen. There's death in the kitchen. Death in the kitchen. 
Oh, boy. Elders, pray for you, pastor here. So when we read Leviticus chapter 11, yeah, and you read Deuteronomy chapter 14, mm-hmm, you get the same information. What you get there? There are things listed here God doesn't want on the dinner table. God says there are some things that are good for you, and there are some things that aren't. He says, you see, the shark don't eat him. They got shark fin soup out here, Elder Sanford. They killed the whole shark for the fins. Bible says don't eat him. Don't trouble him. I wonder what would happen if we started eating our house pets. I don't have any, so you won't get no dinner there. But what if in America we started eating gator stew and catfish nuggets? What if we started having some bosingtong? Mm. Go to the Korean store, don't get bosingtang. That is dog stew. That is served up with some green onions. I did my research. Don't play with me. I didn't make that up. What, what would happen? Would, would there be an uproar in America today? Would, would Peter be going on the street demonstrating, don't eat Simba? Leave the cats out the kitchen. I think a lot of people would raise up and we all would turn our noses. But we don't do that for gator stew and catfish nuggets. We don't do that for good old lobster fest on Fridays at the Main Street Hotel. I did my research. <laughs> people with a Baptist background like myself. I love being an Adventist now. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, there's one animal as a Baptist that uh, doesn't need a special occasion to be on the menu. We get, him, we get him at breakfast, lunch or dinner. We wham him. We spam him. We get him with eggs. We get him smoked, jerked. My grandma would salt him. You get a little salt. Put some, put some cuts, that leg right there, and get a big old clay pot and put the pepper and the salt in him. And, and it will be there for a couple of days. And it wouldn't be right until it had a little flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we say it's touched. It, it had to have a special scent to it. A special odor. And then, and then she would smoke the intestines. And hang them in her special outside kitchen. And the smoke from the pimento would go up and dry them. 
And then on Saturday night, Jelani, we would have chitlin concert with beans and rice. And years later, in my ignorance, we would lick our traps. Sometimes we would at least bite our fingers because it was so good. Since you look so lost, I'm talking about hog meat, y'all. You know I'm talking about swine? Everybody looking fancy, you know? And now I know why her blood pressure was so high. God says don't eat him because he's a scavenger. But if you've got to sharpen your canines, if you have to sharpen your canines, eat, 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 eat. You can eat cow. You can eat some goats. Right? Uh, you can eat some sheep. But um, if you're going to eat these guys, you got to make sure that there's no blood in them. And you got to make sure there's no fat in them. But that's not how we like it. We like it when we bite it. The blood drips down. Take this back. It's cooked too much. I want it done medium rare. And we sink our teeth in it like vampires. And we, <laughs> what steak? A beautiful New York steak. And we love it. God says, if you're going to eat it, if you have to eat it, there should be no blood in it, no fat in it. So as someone said, I guess you're going to be having beef jerky. Because that's what it looks like without the blood and the fat. That's not Pastor Lee words. That's the word of God. So beat up on him after this. Not me. So this little piggy, don't eat him. Because although he got the split hoof, he don't chew the cud. So don't eat him. Isaiah 66 tells us why we shouldn't eat him. Verse 17. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the garden behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, saith the Lord. God says eating swine's flesh is an abomination. So whether it be salami, bologna, or bacon, swine, filth is filth. Some of you are going to say, well, that's in mosaic times. Filth back there is the same filth today. That's not a shadow of things to come. God says, I wish, I'm wrapping up, I wish above all things that you prosper, be in health. Why should God heal a drunk who doesn't decide he wants healing? I've never felt like, like if I didn't have my favorite garbanzo beans and potatoes and white rice. If I don't have that, I never start shaking like this. Gosh, honey, I need, ah, I need to get a plate of salad. I didn't get my salad all day. I need me a cabbage. I need me some broccoli. 
Brussels sprouts, where are you? I've never had that feeling. Have you? I thought so. God wants us above all things that we prosper and be in health. Christians shouldn't be bowing down to Joe Camel or the Morning Joe. You know what the Morning Joe is? You know it. I learned it from you. Morning Joe. Got to have that cup. Got to have it. You spend four or five bucks for it. Especially if it got a long name to it. Mokalaka something lot. <laughs> and you roll up on, on the church grounds with it too. Yeah. Talk about it. Like, like you don't know. It ain't good for you. Mm? Anything that messes with your mind. Disrupting your neurotransmitters in your brain says it's not good for you. Some people even get a headache when they don't get their cup. They get, they get antsy like, ah, oh, I got to get it. Take me over there. I need it. God never intended for us to be addicted to any substance. Whether it has a long, nice name to it either. Call it what you want. The truth is drug, drugs make us more beast than human. And the word says, if you defile the body, God will destroy you. Temperance is moderation in that which is good. And total abstinence from that which is bad. Contrary to what people believe. You know, Usain Bolt will never gobble down a Big Mac before going to a race. Don't be fooled. In training, these guys use some of the most high-tech equipment and their diet, we can't afford it. And he is doing a race, 9.58, the fastest human on the planet. And he does it for a gold medal and some sponsorship. And we are preparing to go to heaven. And we refuse to give up junk. We even get upset when the preacher talks about it. About you getting healthier. I don't mind you using this for your dinner table conversation today. God never takes anything away from you that's good for you. God, God wants you to succeed physically, mentally, morally, spiritually. He's got some delicious things out there, and he wants us to have all of the good stuff. Healthy saints are God's objective. Yes, we'll have some ashes. We'll have some pains, but God is going to give us. God's objective is for us to have the best. And one day, he's going to exchange. He's going to give us beauty for ashes. Christ our Savior wants only what's best for us. He wants only what's good for us. He wants life for us on this earth. 
to be as tolerable as possible for as long as possible until that day when he rescues us from this world. Christians are to avoid everything and anything that defiles. Jesus came down here for 40 days and for 40 nights to show us that it is possible. It is possible to have victory if we trust in him. And the first thing the devil did after he was a hungered and flustered. Listen, man, have any of you been without food for 40 days? And you have the power to think food and it comes? I'm not saying go get it at Trader Joe's. I'm saying thought, boom, it's in your hand. A salad. And he could feed himself. But our Jesus, then the devil came and said to him, Jesus, look, look, brother, I know you're hungry, man. Them people who you're going to die for, these people are going to turn their backs on you. They're going to curse you. In fact, they're going to shout out, give us Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. And they screamed, some of the same people who he healed and saved and cleansed were shouting, give us Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. Jesus, why are you doing this to yourself, man? Listen. I know who you are. They don't know you. But I remember, you remember when we were up in heaven, Jesus? When you were Michael? And you know me, I was Lucifer. You don't have to do this. You can make some new people. I'll take care of these. Give them to me. Most of them are mine already. Why die for them? All you need to do Turn these stones into bread. Feast. And forget about these people. Cursing you. Saying all manner of evil against you. Jesus says, you know what? Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word. Every word. That proceeds. From the mouth of God. That's what he says. There's someone who cares. Take only what's clean. There's someone who cares from filth and poisons wean. There's someone who cares this blessed way now see. That someone who cares is Jesus. There's someone who cares your health is his concern there's someone who cares defilers will surely burn for that someone who cares is Jesus stand with me today if you like to have victory over appetite should appetite keep you out of the kingdom of God huh a little bacon some antidepressants. You let a little weed keep you from the kingdom. You're going to let a little drink keep you from the kingdom.
Now, what about those things we can't see that's internal? Are you going to let that craving that you have, that crave, you're going to let that send you to hell? It's sad to say, you know, but a lot of people who will be outside the new Jerusalem will be able to say, it was my appetite that kept me out here. That which you fail to control and overcome will overcome you and work out your destruction. I know it's hard stuff. First time I heard this, I was 20 years old. Eating swine meat for 20 years because my parents ate it too. Told my daddy at 18 years old, you know, these people are saying that uh, we shouldn't have pork. He said, well, son, let me tell you, boy, if you decide not to eat what I put on the table, you go find what you would like to eat. So therefore, this pastor had nothing to eat. I would eat my carbs. Yeah. <laughs> but there will be no protein. And I prayed. I said, Lord, knelt down. I, I didn't have a relationship with him. But I said, God, if you're truly real, I want you to make a way so that I can, I can eat better. And be careful how you talk to God because God is never going to leave you when you cry out to him. I'm a personal witness and testimony. When you cry out to God and ask him to intervene, he's going to intervene. No soon after that. No sooner. My family is ripped apart. I said, God, this is not what we talked about. This is not what we talked about. I didn't say I should leave my home. I didn't say you should separate my family from me. <laughs> but you know what? When God is working it out, God got a better way. You may not understand it. You may be crying that moment in that time, in that place. It may just be darkness, but God has a way and he's going to fix it. So 15 years later, I can't be, I, 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 I'm, I'm standing here reunited with my family ha, I get to choose what I want to eat huh God has a way out of nowhere his mercy his patience his grace is all sufficient problem is we don't trust him like we should Yeah, you say you trust him. Help me with this addiction. Help me, help me. You don't trust him. 
You, you really don't. All I'm saying today, while you brave this crave, trust God. I know when you do, you're going to have some testimonies. Oh boy, I know some of you have some of those testimonies right now. Some of you know where you have been and where he brought you. Some of you, could, some of you could preach 